Hello. It is bringing in with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? My man, I'm fantastic. I had an incredibly perfectly scripted <laughs> wedding weekend in a small little town in Georgia. Uh, my my best friend and seventh grade daughter got married, and it was magical. So ready to ready yes. to get back in action now. You 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 were enjoying Georgia, yeah. You 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 definitely put that out there. That was cool. Um, it was a, a good time. Nice little liberal college town <laughs> in a sea of red in, in the mountains of Georgia. Uh, Dahlonega is kind of a cool spot. Beautiful scenery, but really, it was just I was there with with three friends and their spouses uh, that I was close to middle school with, and we're so close. It's that's always fun. That that is a wonderful thing when you have lifelong friends like that yeah. from when you're a child. Um, yeah. you mentioned in the mountains of Georgia, which is, you know, red country. Normally, folks, I start off the pod talking about how we are part of the Democracy Podcast Coalition. Well, the reason why I didn't is because election day is literally here tomorrow. Yeah. Uh hopefully those of you who can and did voted early, and those of you who uh will do it in person uh tomorrow. On the 8th, uh, please exercise your right and that franchise and cast your vote and make sure your voice is heard. Uh, again, not just for the, the big offices, whether it be governor or mayor or what have you in, in your local communities, but specifically um, the local elections, right? The Your sheriff, your alderman, your assemblyman, your council members, all those things. Those people matter in your everyday lives just as much, if not more so, than the larger political position. So please, everybody... Make sure you go out there and do that. All right, Coach. Uh, most teams have played, I don't know, nine games, almost ten. Uh, so we're getting towards ten more games and we're at the quarter, quarter point of the season, which is already crazy to think about. Some good things happening on the floor, some not-so-good things, and we'll talk about that. But the story that's been dominating the news the last week and a half has been the Kyrie Irving situation. And it, it has really it has run the gamut, right? So he puts out the tweet, the tweet to the, the video that um, presents anti-Semitic tropes and all sorts of misinformation. And then he's asked about it uh, on Saturday at a game in a, in a presser that I was at. He, you know, gets defiant about it. He's like, you know, I'm who I am. We talked about that, right? How he contradicts himself in the statements. Okay, fine. That happens. The Nets, the NBA, the MBPA, they all put out sort of lukewarm, tepid statements saying we come out against anti-Semitism. Well, no kidding. That's like saying you like puppies, right? Like, oh, <laughs> great. Like, that does nothing. Okay, fine. We move along. We do our thing. He is asked again about this. Um, and actually, what ends up happening is after that, uh, that back and forth on Saturday in the press conference, he's withheld from the media because the Nets say, we don't trust you in front of a microphone, which that's a whole other set of issues you He's not even able to fulfill his media obligations. Okay. So at practice on a Thursday, he, he's, he's able to be out there and answer and say, look, I'm not against, I'm not an anti-Semite and do all the different things. He doesn't do that. In fact, he doubles down on it, right? And it's like, bro, all you have to do is just say you're sorry. Like, I mean, and just we move on. He doesn't do that. The Nets then suspend him. Adam Silver comes out and says, we were looking for him to say unequivocally, he is not anti-Semitic. He didn't do that. So they, everybody comes out with a harsh statement. Then after all that, he then finally puts out a statement on Instagram saying um, he apologizes for the, Jew, the people that he's, herded, that he's hurt and his, the, the brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. However, he says, 
to make it clear about the things I disagree with and agree with in the video, right? So he doesn't even say he disavows the entire video. He says there are things that I disagree with and things that I do, but he doesn't make it clear which is which. The Nets then say, okay, you have to complete six steps in order to come back and play with us. Um, for those of you that don't know, those six steps include an apology, like a, a clear apology, right? Where he literally comes out and says he is not, that he is not anti-Semitic. Um, and he's condoned the movie. The 500K donation to anti-hate causes, sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, meet with the Anti-Defamation League and Jewish leaders in Brooklyn, and meet with Josiah and ownership to literally make it clear that he understands what he did and this will not be a further issue or anything will be a further issue with him throughout the rest of the, of the season. What are the odds that he's able to do all six of those things? I'm not saying very high. Oh boy. Uh, I, I'm disappointed in, in what they asked of him uh, because it reminds me of a lesson I learned a long time ago as a coach you know, we believe as young coaches, when I was coaching teenagers for high school, we think we can save everybody. And I really think with the exception of psychopaths, you know, mentally damaged people in high school, which you do get some of those, we really can if there weren't external forces. It's very hard to help a young man. For me, anyway, it was hard when I could see him two hours a day of practice but he was home for eight to 10 hours a day. And who knows what was going on in those homes, in his home um, or in his community. And you, you ended up sometimes just having to release a player because you don't want to drag down everybody else. And that's what that, that person was doing in some cases. Uh, the, the Nets, what are you doing? You're trying to put, you know, you're trying to paint over on all these holes in the fence. Uh, man, he don't care. You, we can, we, we're not, I'm not a practicing psychologist, certainly don't know enough information to opine intelligently. I have some experience in dealing with some of this stuff, whether he's in his right mind or not. Either way, you're not going to fix it these, this way. And, um, and so remind me of something, Gerard, did, did you watch all the Seinfeld episodes? No, I didn't. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Good luck in your future because you're really going to have a lot of fun. It's a funny fucking show. All right. I'm telling you it's worth it. Oh, I've seen some, but not yeah, all. It's gotten really, really funny. It's really funny. So there's a great episode where Jerry, who is plays himself on the show, he's Jewish, mm -hmm. goes to his dentist and the dentist tells a joke that includes Jewish people. It's not anti-Semitic, but there's a Jew in the, in the joke. The dentist is not Jewish. And, and, uh, but he can, the Jew, the dentist had converted to Judaism so we could basically tell jokes and say, well, I can speak about Jews. I'm Jewish. And he's telling this to Kramer. And, uh, and Kramer says, are you like, does this bother you as a, as a Jew? He's like, no, it bothers me as a comedian. It bothers me as a comedian. He's not funny. So um, I feel this way about Kyrie. As a Jewish person, man, I'm more, far more concerned when people, you know, like presidents of the country are anti-Semitic. Or future presidents like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who mm -hmm. thinks that fires in California were started by Jewish-funded space lasers. Oh that God. concerns me. This fucking fool doesn't bother me one bit. Other than he's got followers. As a coach, I'm offended. Because it is supposed to be about we. And how many years do we have to go through before teams realize this guy don't give a fuck about anybody that doesn't matter to him? And certainly not about the team. 
He never for one second, when he promoted a movie that claimed, for example, six million Jews didn't die. That was a right. lie created by Jewish media moguls. <laughs> right, right. So he, when he promotes that kind of movie, he's not thinking about his fans, of which I think New York City's number two of all cities, you know, outside of Israel, who are Jews, right? In, in, in the U.S., number one. <laughs> number one, of course, in the U.S. You've got how many Jewish people working directly or indirectly with the Nets? You don't care about oh, them. I yeah. mean, it's more than uh, one. Quite enough. Yeah, right. Way more right. than one. <laughs> you don't care about them. And that's your franchise. You don't care about your team and those coaches who are just trying to figure out how to get Ben Simmons to care about offense and who's going to coach our team. And how do we turn all this money we're spending into wins? He doesn't care about any of that. He hasn't before. He still doesn't. So I don't care if he ever plays in the NBA again. If I never say his name again, I'm fine with that. He doesn't care, clearly. Now, he had the chance to be the greatest under, what, 6'2 player of all time. That's the kind of talent he has. And it's not talent that you're just born with. You have to develop it. What this guy does in the lane is surreal. Nobody that is a below-the-rim player ever has been probably as good a finisher as him. Maybe no one has been able to handle it and shoot that combination, combination like him at his size. That's what kind of talent he had and cultivated. And I don't think he should ever play in the NBA again until he changes his focus, not on Jews, on how to be a teammate. He can go swim. He can go play tennis or golf. Those are individual sports. This is a team thing. And you have to care about us at least as much, if not more, than me. And he has proven for years he doesn't care. I am done with him. No, I think you couldn't have said it better, Coach. Um, the, the stat is out there. In his Nets career, 111 games played, 128 missed, right? And I've said this numerous times. It is always something with him. People, you know, the, those who want to make excuses are, well, it was the COVID vaccine. I'm like, forget about the COVID. The year before that, right. the dude just goes AWOL for two weeks because he needed some time off. He needed PTO, which was unexcused. He didn't even tell the team what he was doing. Imagine coming to work and a critical member of your work team is just not there. You don't know about it. You don't know when he or she is coming back. And now you're like, we have to continue to do our work. But this important person is not here. And you have no knowledge, no nothing about what's going on. Like, this is what it's like. And the year before that, he was already bucking back with the team and, you know, undermining coaches behind the scenes and disagreeing with how they should handle his injuries. I mean, and then you add injuries to, to, to the mix, right? There is always something that forces him to not do the thing he is exceptional at, as you outlined, which right. is to play basketball. Well, then, if you can't do that, what are we even doing here? <laughs> Why? And I know that billionaires like Joe Sy don't like sunk costs, but it's like, my dude, that cost been sunk. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, right. You're, right. What, what are, keeping him around for what? And now you want to do this six, six point thing, taking him to the principal's office? You, come on. You think that's going to work? Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, yeah. I, I, I wish they would make a statement. We've, we've parted ways with him. Yeah. Uh, if someone wants on. to trade for us, we'll take two chocolate fudge sundaes, <laughs> banana split, three steaks, like whatever you can give us that we can get away with, we'll do. Otherwise, he'll, he's played his last basketball game for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. That's what I'd like to see happen. And also, David, here's the thing. 
obviously they're going to be worse, right? Because you can't make up that talent. But don't you think the environment of work will be so much nicer for everybody else when they come into work every day? Well, speaking to the champion of the Memphis Grizzlies, what were they without John Morant? Was it 17 and four? Uh, 20, 20 and four. Wow, that's why I want to speak to you about it. Okay, so probably they'll be worse. But yeah, I think they'll be happier. And uh, I, I've, I've, over the years, I've learned from uh, a team, people on a team, that when certain guys get traded and or leave with free agency, the, the inner workings of the team like have a party. And I'm talking about sometimes like support staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I think there'll be some like, oh, oh my God. Goodness, this guy is out of party all. time. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin will never come him. out and say anything bad about Kyrie because that's his guy. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you don't have to answer questions about him anymore. Whatever he does, he's not part of the Nets. We, right. we that dude doesn't work with us. Right. We have nothing to say about him, and no one's going to ask you questions. You mentioned the support staff; they're going to be thrilled. I think so. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Right? I mean, I, listen. I feel, I listen. I, I I have a heart, Gerard. I, he's a young man. Uh, yes, not yes. so young anymore, though. Yeah, Thirty. I, but you know, I, I feel for him. There, there's, there's. Uh, if he is, if there's something wrong with him mentally. That's a disease, just like cancer. You would never be mad at someone who had cancer. In fact, I wouldn't be mad at someone who had cancer and is angry. Uh, and I get it. I understand. Something's wrong with this guy. And it has been since he was in Cleveland and Boston. Like, wherever he goes, trouble follows. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different kind of trouble. It's not choking coaches, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's he's not been accused of much of stuff that's against the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not causing fights. Right. There's He's just... He just doesn't get it. He, mm-hmm. he He's the really incredible saxophone player that no one wants to partner with in a jazz band because <laughs> he, he just makes the music worse. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. And I think, you know, look, to me, listen, you're, probably, you're not going to be good, but Katie and the kids, at least they're having fun, right? Like the kids aren't good. But guess what? Like, they're going to play hard. They're going to run up and down the floor. Like, and they're going to be about basketball, which ultimately that's what you guys want to do there. And then, you know, maybe you see KD is playing well, which he, which he is. You figure out maybe we trade him too. And then we get start rebuilding our organization, right? And we move on from this whole entire failed uh, tenure because it's just not going to work. But we'll see what happens in Brooklyn going forward. Uh, it's a minimum of five games, his suspension. So the next time he would technically be allowed to play will be on their upcoming road trip against the Lakers, I believe. Um, so we'll see if get, anything gets satisfied in the interim and what, what it ends up happening there. Um, some injury news to a team coach that's been playing well. And a team that I was worried about, right? Uh, in the offseason, I was like, I don't know, this DeAndre Ayton thing's weird. He's not talking to money. But ho-hum, they just show up and they're buzzed on through people. Their starting five has if not the best, the second best net rating of all starting fives in the league. Like, they're just doing their thing, which continuity helps with that. Um, and they've been together for a little while now. Uh, but Cam Johnson's out, uh, torn meniscus, and he had surgery. And they already have the Jay Crowder situation where he was sent away from the team looking for a trade. This is probably going to hurt them now, not not having uh, Cam on, on the team for who knows how long. Yeah, there's no question it'll hurt them. So I, I was talking to Henry this morning, like, I'm so upset with Jay Crowder. Like, like maybe it was something we're not, it's certainly possible something happened and we're not aware of it, but it, it seems to us because you haven't told us any differently. You just don't like the fact that Cam Johnson's better than you. 
And so you are going to take your ball and go home. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. Like it is a privilege to, to be able to play in this league and a nice privilege to get paid the way you guys get paid, the way he's getting paid. And you, injuries happen, man. Like, you, you know, not everyone's going to be healthy the whole time. So fucking, you know, just eat it. Keep your, keep your anger to yourself. Channel it into working harder and playing as good as you can. And he'd have been starting the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think it's an, I think it's an issue. They're losing an elite shooter who is ascending mm-hmm. and uh, a very good defender who is ascending. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem. I was, I was thinking today, who could they maybe get? And I got a good name. Ooh. I don't know how they do it, but uh, they should probably target Josh Richardson. Oh, I don't think the Spurs need a 40% plus defender. And Josh can be a plus defender. Uh, he's shooting really well this year. He's playing well. The Spurs are playing well. They are. I'm not sure they want to keep playing well. <laughs> so um, maybe the Suns go after him and, and fill that void. But uh, until that happens, I think it's a, a critical blow to their chances. Yeah. And I love the way they were playing. They, they, they yeah. were playing well. And, you know, with to your point, Crowder not being a good soldier means he he's not with the team. So it's not like he can just step right in now and yeah. because there's all that bad blood. Well, now the team's like, fuck you, man. What? Right. Like now you want to play? Like we don't need that. Like I always say, Gerard, we don't need we don't need the guy who's great great at cheering when we're up fifty. Where are you when we're down ten in the first quarter or the third quarter? Where are you then? Well, we know where Jay is at the mall. He's playing golf in Phoenix. Right? No. Sorry. That ship has sailed. It'll be interesting to see if Josh Richardson is someone they can target and what they would have to give up. Um, GM, uh, God, Jones. I'm going to give his first name right now. James Jones. Yeah. He said, uh, draft picks, they don't really care about draft picks. So maybe they'll be willing to give up a future pick. And San Antonio's like, all right, we'll take, we'll take one to, there, to there, give you Josh Richardson. Had there. I, I didn't look too much into the detail yet because I just thought of it this morning. But um, he's... Again, they need, to, they need to fill that role. Mm-hmm. Three-point shooter mm-hmm. uh, plus defender. And on a, on a team like, you would think Josh would be thrilled to be on a great team. Mm-hmm. He's been on good teams before, and he hasn't always yep. done great. But I think it's a worthwhile risk to take. And, you know, the absence of Cam is also going to highlight what's been going on in the early season with Chris Paul, right? Chris hasn't been shooting that well, right? And hasn't really had to because everybody else has been working. He's been doing this normal, getting the assists, doing all this yeah. stuff. But... That's now going to have to going to get put in focus uh, going forward. So keep your eye on the Phoenix Suns uh, over the next ten games as they as they figure out what they're going to do here going forward. All right, we got some teams, coach. That you know some things are happening, uh, not great things. Philly still kind of hanging towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Embiid was out the other night, and it was just Maxi. Maxi played well, um, but kind of devolved into a little bit of hero ball in that game against the Knicks, and I wondered. And uh, you know this because you talk to players. So Maxi is eligible, I think, this summer for his rookie extension. And I know he saw what Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole got. And he's got to be thinking, I mean, how could you not? Dollar signs coming my way. Now, the danger, of course, when you start thinking that way is it's going to maybe impact the way your team performs, right? When you're focusing on the things that if you trust the organization. And listen, sometimes you don't want to trust the organization because maybe they're bad and they do bad things. But hopefully he feels like he can trust the organization that they'll take care of me when the time is right. But when you start gunning for your numbers and only focusing on yourself, this could create a little bit of problem. And now with Embiid, with these little nagging things, although I think this latest thing was just a little 
a non-COVID illness. So maybe like a cold or a flu. It's going to be nothing physical with his body, you know, like his joints or ligaments or anything. Right. It shouldn't be a big deal. But are you concerned about Philly? You know, I'm really not. Other than I I, I think uh, Doc may have run its course as of the mm. tweet for a couple weeks now. They they don't seem he, – he, he sounds a little like Steve Nash before Nash was released. Um, and that they're – he kind of feels like I'm telling him what to do. They're not doing it. Um, and B will be back, I think, tonight even – uh, everyone plays tonight. Pretty interesting everyone situation yep. mm-hmm. that no one's playing tomorrow night because of the election. Um, and uh, I, you know, my sources inside the team say, you know, we we get along fine. Like there's no, there's no finger pointing. No one hates each other. Um, I think there's still a growing process. Tyrese is still in year three and he's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right about. There's no question he's thinking about the money. No question. And he should. And no, 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 yeah, should. I no, I have no problem with it at all. There's some pressure on that. And um, it's hard. It's, it's a hard league. But uh, it is, I mean, 10 games is not 60. Like, you know, as I said to someone today, your second 10 games can quickly make you forget the first 10 games. And Correct. we see that. We see it all the time. The most extreme example is the Heat team that started 11 and 30 and finished 30 and 11. Mm-hmm. But there's lots, you know, there's hundreds of variations of that that are just not quite as extreme as that. And um, no. And then as they're getting paid, Daryl does not want Daryl Moore does not want to pay you when you're just okay. He's going to try to find bargain basements. I actually understand what he's doing, but he's happy to pay stars. And I think he feels like Tyrese can be a 20 point per game, big time energy guy. And uh, he's, yeah, I don't think Tyrese should be any worried about that. I okay. really don't. He's got to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Start making shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias has had to sacrifice some, you know, they've got to work through some of that, but, uh, I actually think they're going to be fine. You know, what's so interesting about them play style wise with Tyrese, they can do what you love talking about, which is race. Yeah. The problem is with Embiid, they can't, they can't race because right? he doesn't race, right? That's, that, no, that's you, the- no. So you have to, I studied, um, I'm studying the West for an article we're doing. I think even tomorrow, I'm going to write it all day tomorrow, um, or tomorrow morning and try to get it out. And today too, some, um, I think uh, so. You, Denver really runs. They do, and Jokic doesn't. He on occasion Jokic will go coast to coast, but nobody will call what he's doing running. <laughs> he's sauntering with the ball in his hands, and he's amazing at it. But uh, uh, even when I was coaching back in the day, we had a gigantic center, and we we were the running rebels. We were racing, uh, and then when we when we didn't have it, pull it out and let's let the big fella eat. And we were very good at it, and he was great. And so, yeah, there's a way to do both. Okay. Yeah, when okay. your wings are – so you need you need one big to run because you got to stretch the floor that way too. Uh, they don't need him to run. They got the great half-court weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's more about – and we're going to get to this with uh, Wiseman and Curry. Mm-hmm. It's about having some joy out there, mm-hmm. uh, everyone kind of being connected, be decent to each other, and let's let's remain optimistic. That's what – Doc, Doc really has to do a good job of is is let's keep let's keep believing, keep on believing that we're going to be yep. fine. We're gonna, and then we're going to be great. Let's be good. Let's be fine. Let's be good. And then let's peak when it matters. Here we come springtime, and uh, that's the job of the coach. And I don't know if he'll do it. We'll see. And it's tough business out there. Um, the Warriors you just mentioned them. So they are zero and six on the road, three and seven for the season. They just lost five straight coming off uh, their road trip. Um, worst road start by defending champion to be fair to them in that last game none of the starters played um, and also to be fair to them 
their starting five of Curry, Killing Thompson, it. Wiggins, uh, Draymond, and Looney, number three in net, tied for third right. best net rating in the NBA of all right. starting fives. So the starters ain't the problem. Right. <laughs> the problem is when those guys come off and it's Poole and Wiseman and the rest of that crew that comes in, they're not able to hold or build on leads, and there, there's some challenges going on. And Warriors Twitter, one of my favorite places to kind of peek in and see how they're doing. You know, every two minutes, they'll want to fire Kerr and like things are terrible. I'm like, you guys, you won four championships in your lifetime. Like, I think most other fan bases in this league would kill to be you right now. Like, I think it's fine. Like, it'll it'll be okay. But this is the challenge, though, right, Coach, of trying to extend the Curry, Clay, Draymond prime and also develop young talent at the same time. because. In order to develop talent, they have to play. Well, they're going to make mistakes when they play. That might result in losses. That's just how that goes, right? Like, And when you don't have guys who are experts in that system like the three starters are, well, you know, you got to give them a chance, right? You guys are PhD scholars at this. These dudes are neophytes. You got to give them some time. Those times may mean losses, but there's some challenges. And one of the, the, the people who are getting the ire of Warriors Twitter is former number one draft pick James Wiseman. Um, you know, he there was a particular play against the Magic, I believe it was. Yep, late in the where, game. Where Curry and you know, Curry's never demonstrative with his teammates in the game or like yelling at them. Like that's not that's not his style of leadership, as we all know. But he got as mad as Steph gets, which is he's dribbling and he starts doing this hot, as in like, and James, come set this screen over here. And James kind of sets this screen, and it's kind of a half-hearted screen. I know, coach, when you talk about players setting screens. You want them to crush the other person. It wasn't a whole lot of crushing. It was kind of like, all right, here's my screen. He flashed immediately, got his hands up, give me the ball. He doesn't get the ball. Maybe he rolls his eyes. Maybe he's pouting. He's not happy about that. There just seems to be some things going on with Wiseman right now. And I know that Kerr said on Sunday, changes are coming to the lineup. Um, I think Kaminga's going to get more minutes. He's going to be in the rotation. And if he's in the rotation, well, someone's got to be out of the rotation. It could be that Wiseman may see some of his minutes decrease. All right. So there's a few things to cover there. First of all, um, yeah, Wiseman's the number two overall pick. Oh, number um, two, not number one. Yeah, Who went number Edwards. one that year? Edwards. Oh, Ed- Edwards. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Who has his own issues we're going to get oh. to. <laughs> we'll get to him. Uh, um, so let's talk about fans for a second. I saw on Twitter the other day, uh, Philly, the city of Philadelphia, someone wrote something about, you know, someone of some prominence wrote, otherwise I wouldn't have read it. Um, you know, only like the city of Philadelphia can lose the World Series and MLS soccer the same day. <laughs> I just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, wh- how many cities never make it to their team for decades? You, the Phillies have a good baseball franchise. They've had a good history. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the soccer thing. But you made it to the finals, man. You had a good year. Do you have to win that game, too, to be happy? Come on. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The other team's trying to beat you at everything, you know? Um, have a sense of humor about it. I just, I got no sympathy for that kind of stuff. All right, so yes, the starters have been great. Uh, yes, the reserves have sucked. I mean, <laughs> the starters with one guy out sucks. Yes, like they can't play any subs right now and have it work. Um, we predicted the Warriors to win forty something games. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I wrote, and I wrote because they're going to be playing for the postseason starting now. And these guys need reps. Jordan Poole has been way worse than what we thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 games. Give him a chance. He just got paid. 
He also just got punched in the head by a captain of the he, team. He, he did. I don't know what's causing the issues. I know yeah. this. It didn't make him feel safer. Correct. It didn't make him feel <laughs> less vulnerable when you Correct. when Draymond Green punches you in the head. And then you get all this attention. And who knows what's happening on the road. I haven't I don't watch that kind of fan interaction. But I'm sure they're not saying lovely things to Jordan Poole. <laughs> it hasn't gone well. Uh, this was to be expected. I give Steve Kerr credit. On the James Weissman play, here's exactly what happened. Uh, the, the, at that point, the Warriors are up like eight or nine. It's pretty late in the fourth quarter. They should have this win. Uh, Curry is being guarded by uh, Wagner, who's much bigger than Curry. Mm-hmm. And um, Weissman's being guarded by uh, Wendell Carter Jr. So Curry wants to switch because he knows the Magic are going to switch. Mm-hmm. So uh, Wiseman is asleep, in my opinion, and is trying to kind of post. <laughs> Maybe there was a play call. But Curry clearly wanted first to go up against Carter mm-hmm. and maybe even have Weissman versus Franz, although I think it was more for Curry. For him to go as Carter. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. And then who knows what would happen from there. And so I think he just expected Weissman to immediately come out, and maybe that was the play call. I don't know. And Weissman wasn't popping out. So that's when Curry kind of did a little dance of stamping his foot, like, let's go. So we always talk about we want our screeners to be elusive. We want them to get there quickly. Every second you're not with us, we have to not run into the 24-second potentiality of the clock violation. So there was a lack of urgency to first come out. It wasn't, it wasn't a lack of effort to set the screen. It was a lack of awareness that he should be setting the screen. So once he came out there, I, I, don't, I, I never really say you should crush the guy. That's the guards. That's up to the dribblers yes. to take his man into you. But be ready to set the crushing screen. Wide base sturdy and hold your screen but when they're going to be switching it doesn't matter so all you're trying to do is is to instigate the switch so Weissman did just fine on the screen then he goes and kind of posts up Wagner I wouldn't throw it to James Weissman (laughs) when you the rule we used to have with guys that can really score in the post is I've got to see their jersey if I can read their jersey number they're square to me they've held their guy behind them on their ass I could throw it to him for guys like Weissman that are not great one-on-one players, like most guys aren't because of good defense, you want to be able to see their hip. So you hold them off and there's an angle. But there was no nothing like that going on. Curry was going to go one-on-one against Wendell Carter Jr. And he missed dribble. Whatever, not the end of the world. Weissman kind of shook his head like, come on, I'm posting up a wing here. And Curry loses his dribble. Yeah, that's a fine for me. That's a, that's a one-game suspension with pay. Like James Weissman, if you ever fucking act again like a privileged, spoiled brat, then I don't care if you're posting up a dog. When Steph Curry has the ball and you don't get it, you say, thank you, sir, I have another. I'd be very thankful that you're on his team. But you never disrespect any of our guys, most specifically the heart and soul of this franchise. Right? Don't you ever. So sit down for a game, wear your street clothes, you're not going to have a jersey, and just enjoy the view there. And then let's see if you really appreciate playing with Steph Curry. That's what I would do. And I love James Weissman's talent. But that, was, that is unacceptable to me. Unacceptable. And so I think Curry is the right approach of we're going to – of course you tweak some things. You're losing. Yeah. If you don't, now you're just being ideological. I don't think there's any place in this league for that. That doesn't mean you do sweeping changes. You do incremental ones. You try some things out. That's what the regular season is for. Clay Thompson said very sweetly, I thought, uh, we have to start playing with more urgency. No, you know, that's the, be- that's the bench guys. 
Your starting five is just fine. Just fine. So now okay. you've got to get them to, to understand what it's like to try to win in this league. And we say this all the time, and you've already said on the show once or twice, it's a hard league to win, man. The, it's hard to make threes by yourself moving in a gym. But now add the other team to it, <laughs> right? Well, that's how it is for everything. Yeah. Like the other team's trying to score. They practice all the time. They watch film. They work on their games. They're being well coached. They have 12 coaches. Well, not always well coached. But that's why it's hard. Yeah. And when we get to Anthony Edwards later, you'll see I say the same thing. It's hard to, make, it's hard to be successful, hard to maintain it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Steve's got the right approach. Warriors fans, if you want to be angry at him shaking off Curry, go right ahead. I'm angry too. Uh, but if you want to just wave a magic wand to say, okay, you're, you have all this talent, just be great. Well, if, if there was a magic wand like that, Brooklyn would be waving it for Kyrie. <laughs> right? Uh, the Nets would be doing it also for Simmons. That's a really powerful, that's the elder wand. Yeah. Super powerful wand, right? Exactly. <laughs> Come on. It, it doesn't happen that way. You just got to work. Yeah. Right? And I know we've mentioned Seinfeld earlier. I've got to say this story, tell the story again. Seinfeld used to say, he, he said once, I listened to an interview with him, and he wasn't being funny at all. He said, I don't understand why, how those comedy conventions, uh, if I was in charge of a comedy convention in Vegas, for example, he said, you, people would walk in, there'd be a huge banner that says, just work. And then I'd say, good night, everybody. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. You, yeah. And, and James, is just, he just has a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I looked up, he's Rudy Gobert's age. When Gobert was 21, now he was just brand new to the league, he was awful. Mm-hmm. He ended up being pretty fucking good. Yeah, pretty good. Right. Now we'll see how it goes this year, but he was good for a long time. Yeah. You, you just got to be patient with big guys sometimes, especially ones that have the Wiseman's backstory. Yeah, and, and they, big guys, there's so much responsibility they have in today's NBA that they didn't have in the past. There's a lot for him to learn. And to your point, Coach, forget about NBA reference points. He right. barely had college reference points. He played two games. Like, and, and right, and of course you're exactly right. But and he was always the biggest, fastest dude on the court. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is a different world. There, there's a there's a book I read one time. My brother Rick told me to read it. Uh, Gerard. It was about a small island that had been so isolated it was never discovered until it suddenly was, and all the evolution had been was completely different on this island. The, none of the animals were recognizable. And everything was killing everything, which is pretty much how most of the world is, mm-hmm. except for domesticated creatures, right? And plant eaters. Mm-hmm. And so scientists, upon discovering it, thought, we need to, we need to pick, uh, let's see how one of our more ruthless animals does on this island. And they picked a mongoose. I would have picked like a honey badger or a wolverine. <laughs> yeah. But they picked a mongoose thinking it's super quick, also super aggressive and tough and all that. And they introduced the, this mongoose into this new world, and it was fucking destroyed in two seconds and eaten right away. <laughs> That's the NBA. Yeah. Like, it is evolution to its finest. Hard-working, yeah. athletic, long. And James Weitzman, was, he was the king. And it's just, it's just because it's so hard, it's, it's, you get down. It's, it's hard to stay upbeat and confident. And he's lost some confidence. He really has. And this is the challenge of being... A tall guy in this league, and you just got to be patient. Wendell Carter is really good now. He wasn't at first. He was traded, and mm-hmm. I think he's been yeah. a, a one team, if not two. I think maybe just one team, maybe yeah. two. Chicago, Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now he's in Orlando. Um, he's good. Uh, Warrior fans, be a little more patient. But yeah, yeah, that's just 
expecting Warrior fans to be more patient, like expecting Kyrie to see the light. It's possible. It's within the realm of possibility, but it's not highly unlikely. We bank on. Right. No, you're so right. It's look. It's about the work. Like when you okay, making the league is a huge deal, and we but like you got to work so hard now to be good and to stay so so hard and it's the reps and it's well, the, you know well, i meant to say something else based on what you said the, the position too you're exactly yes. right i wrote an article about this yes. i think it's the hardest position hardest position in the league now to excel in mm-hmm. whether you're switching and now you're guarding guards uh or your uh drop coverage mm-hmm. and you're dealing with crafty guard coming down the rim maybe he'll dunk on me maybe he'll do a scoop on me here comes the seven-foot athletic center that every team pretty much has, except for the Warriors, and Weissman's the guy. Coming down the lane, that's about to knock on my teeth, right? There's just It's just hard to do. There's got to guard threes like never before. Bill Russell didn't do this. Yeah. I'm not saying he couldn't have. He right. was athletic enough and smart enough, but he never had to. These guys have to do a lot. And then offensively, you're not just standing still right? and posting up. It's just a different right. game. It's a harder yeah. game. And so it's just going to take longer for most of these guys to come around. Absolutely. So yeah, Warriors fans, you know, stay patient. Uh, you know, your team's fine. You still have Steph Curry, and you know, that 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 matters. All right, that's a that's a huge thing. Um, the Raptors still playing good ball out there in Toronto, but Siakam now going to be out. Looks like at least two weeks. Um, you know, their depth on the wing is kind of already eh, not great. Um, but two weeks, I don't think this will really hurt them too much. But I- I'll be curious to see what the record is at two weeks and what they do come the trade deadline. If they're like, look, cause I think they will be very well positioned, like in that top five, top six range. And do they make a move to get like, you know, back a point, like so- something else to like help solidify their, their roster. Yeah. I, I think he's out longer than two weeks. Oh, um, okay. Everyone's different, but his injury, I think it's more of a three or four week thing, but I think minimum mm. two weeks. Um, a they, month will hurt them. It will. It'll be interesting, though. Do they play Precious more maybe at the four with Boucher um, at the five? You know, OG will get more run now as a score. That's good. Mm-hmm. It, it has the chance to actually help them longer term. It won't help them in the standings in the shorter term for sure. But uh, the team shouldn't feel like, oh, my God, we're not going to see him until mid-January. That that's, isn't likely the case. And so he'll be back sometime December before Christmas, I would think. And um, – and they have a chance, you know, all Fred Fred gets more shots. I mean, mm-hmm, Siakam mm-hmm. was, I mean, Siakam was having, he oh, he would not be in my top five for MVP. He'd be in my top 10. Like he'd be, he's been third team all NBA. Last year was third team. He's looking like second team right now. He's yeah, been an incredible two-way player. And um, and so, but Scotty Barnes gets to do more. He just mm-hmm. had his first triple-double. Uh, yeah, they can grow a little bit and then hopefully hit, hit the ground running even better when he's back. So it's opportunities you always say, right? Yep. For other guys to step yep. up and show what they can do. Coach Thorpe, always a glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> no, not always. With the, with the election tomorrow, I've already had conversations about what country I'm going to move to. Not not anytime soon. But as I told I, I told uh, someone today, if my daughter decides to work overseas in the hospitality industry, which is something we, we'd be thrilled for her to do, now I just have to worry about my son. Right. And he can work in basketball anywhere. Right. But right. if I have to come visit America, I'd be fine with that. But it's hard right. hard to imagine I'm enjoying living here the next 20 years yeah. based on where I think. I just don't enjoy fascism, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> no, you don't like fascism? Not here. a fan of fascism, no. That's so weird. No, very yeah, not, a fa- not a fan of cruelty. Not a fan <laughs> of taking people running for their lives from, from terrible regimes in their home countries and flying them to Martha's Vineyard. Beautiful yeah, place. Yes. It's not what they wanted. 
Uh, definitely not. No, yeah. no, no, not, yeah. not at all. Not, well, not, that's not a country I'm proud of. Spe- speaking of, you don't always have a glass half full. Um, the Lakers. Yeah. So they played the, the Cavaliers last night. And I have to say this about the Cavs. I know we're both high on them. Yeah. I just, I just love everything I see about this team, coach. Like, I, you know, I was one, and I, and I admit when I'm wrong, and I'm like, yeah, I wasn't, I thought Donovan Mitchell was a nice player, but I wasn't like, I didn't think he was, oh, no. I think I've watched five Cav games this year. Oh, no, he he's definitely that player. Like, he is for sure that dude. I thought he was kind of more like an inefficient volume scorer. And he can be inefficient at times, but, man, he is. That dude's electric. Like, he's for sure that guy. And he's bought into the team in Cleveland, it seems. And, again, let's not lose our minds. It's early. But with JB and everybody, everybody just seems to be happy and having – you know, when you cover a team like Brooklyn, who's not happy a lot of the times, and you watch these other teams, you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to look. That's true. Oh, everybody's right. just having a good time, and they're they're selling out for each other, and they're, everybody's happy to be there. Like, they, they look great. So it's, you know, and they're, and, and they're also very good. So a tough team for the Lakers to go against. But, man, this Lakers team, I think I said to you, do they run anything in the half court? Because to my eyes, it don't look like it. All right, we're going to go back to Cleveland first for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, two years ago, was it or two seasons ago? Um, yeah, not last season, the season before when they were the best seat, the team in the, in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were two and two. And I said, I'm going to, I just, I don't know why. I just got a feeling this team's going to be amazing. And so I sort of, I watched every game they played. I, I just felt like I don't know them as well as I need to. Mm-hmm. They're the new contender. All these other contenders we kind of know. And um, Donovan blew me away all the time. Yeah, blew me away all the time. That's why I was so so angry still with the Jazz for Danny Ainge. <laughs> and now they're not going to get Victor. No, I mean, they're playing too well. <laughs> I think they're going to end up moving some guys, is my guess. Gotcha. Otherwise, otherwise yeah. it really makes what he did stupid. Um, but uh, they just needed a change of coaches and, and, and Utah. But I knew Donovan, and in the postseason, it's even better. He's so good. Like, yeah, they, they were, they had been. That same Utah team as last year with Will Hardy, they're the best team in the league right now with Milwaukee. But Milwaukee's yeah. played the easiest schedule of all, yeah. literally 30th mm-hmm. out of 30 in schedule strength. Mm-hmm. I think Utah would have been the best team again. Uh, Will Hardy's got Clarkson playing out of his mind and whatever. Uh, we're not talking about Utah. Um, I love Donovan Mitchell, and Mobley's not playing great. Not yet. Give it time. Yeah, give it time. They're, they're, they're going to be ascending. That backcourt with him, him and shooting, Garland. Right? Oh, LaVert, yeah. they, they're so good right now. Like and, I just, and you know, and and let me say something about Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. So first of all, I have great respect for him because of what he used to look like. This man changed it, to lose that weight and to tighten up the way he did. It takes incredible dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when he was a young, I think it was year four. I might be wrong, but I think it was year four. When he was getting 30-20 games and 30-30 games, mm-hmm. um, I had two of my guys on their team. So preseason, I had dinner with Kevin and Corey Brew and Kevin Martin. Well, I had dinner with my two guys, and Kevin mm-hmm. Love joined us. And um, he was very arrogant, mm-hmm. very confident, but he was still young. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I-, I said, I think you actually have MVP-level talent. And for a moment, you could see like, Really? Like he was surprised. <laughs> and then he got all swaggery on me. You know, like, oh, I know. I don't think he knew. Um, well, he's growing up into just uh, 
great teammate. He is. Um, he's got a good life. I understand he's got a significant other that seems mm-hmm. to be married. Yeah, nice yeah. Person. just got married. Yep. Married. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he just get married? That's yep. Awesome. Over the summer, yeah, LeBron and all them were there. Oh, oh, yeah. oh that's thing. cool. Oh, that's really mm-hmm. cool. He seems like he's a very happy guy. He's embraced his role. This guy mm-hmm. was a generational talent, my man. Unbelievable I mean, talent. Just stuck on a terrible franchise. In min- he was, as you said, he was averaging 30 and 20 in Minnesota. For it like, was I'm unbelievable like, what he was doing. This is crazy. An unbelievable passer. Not just outlet passers. Half court. Underrated defender. More of a space eater. He was never a shot blocker, obviously. I thought he was better. He just played for a franchise that stunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Cleveland's good. Now, for L.A., Oh, you're exactly right. I tweet about this in week, maybe game two. I don't know what they're doing, but they, but they don't have Giannis. There's nothing against Darvin Ham, but Darvin, you can't do what, what Milwaukee did with Giannis. Right. You could have eight years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. LeBron could do all those things in the NBA. He can't do that now. Yeah. And so what bothers me is AD has a great first quarter yesterday against Utah. Mm-hmm. I think five or six from the field. He's been playing very well. Two-way player. All NBA defender right now. And, um, and then he just doesn't get the ball a lot. And so when after the game, when Westbrook is asked, he gives, I, I put it on the document. He yeah, gives, yeah. Why don't you read what he said when he was asked so, about AD not getting the ball enough? This is Westbrook. I don't know whose primary job it is, to be honest. I'll leave it up to the coaches to figure out the best way for them to utilize him. Talking about AD getting the ball there. Yeah, he was, and then he went on to say, you know, I'm just reading the game, whatever. That's, that's awful. Yeah. Like, Russ, you need to be step, and say, step up and say, I've been around a long time. AD is absolutely rolling right now. All of us need to be thinking about getting the ball to him more. I'm sure the coaches will be thinking about it too. But I don't need to be coached to know when I'm on the court, my first, second, or third look should be, where is AD? How can I get him the ball? Where can I get him the ball? That's what he should have said. But they are directionless. And I don't know whose fault that is. It's yeah. easy to blame the coach, but we've seen this with LeBron scenes before. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Coach? So in that game against Cleveland on on Sunday, you know, Lake Laker Twitter getting crazy when Russ hits his first four shots or whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. And I just I understand the re in I think I understand the reasoning why Ham does what he does. It's like, okay, Russ on the floor in the starting unit with LeBron and AD, bad news. Disaster. Let him let him commandeer the second unit. But by commandeering the second unit, he's just commandeering for himself. Because there are times where there's opportunities where he'll overlap and 80s on the floor. And to your point, he ain't looking for AD to get him the ball. He's like, oh, I made my first five shots. Like, I, I'm hot right now. I'm, I'm going to do my rust stuff and show you guys I'm still that dude. I think that's still the mindset for him, right? Okay, you're putting me on with the second unit, guys. Let me show you that I'm still Russell Westbrook. And it's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't think that produces winning basketball. I'm sure it's not a good idea. And, um, you know, I preached, and you know I preach this because you always have my back. I thought Kendrick Nunn's going to be very good for them. Yes. Uh, He's been absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. He's missed over a year with an injury. And it is a myth. The myth of LeBron makes everyone better. No, he doesn't. He never (laughs) has. (laughs) Almost nobody does. But certainly not someone like LeBron that is passive-aggressive with his leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so great at scoring. This is not his fault that every time you shoot, you might be thinking, man, should I throw in the ball to LeBron? None is not comfortable. Uh, they need him to be much better. Now it's been 10 games and he missed over a year, just like Ben Simmons, whatever. I'm, I'm a patient man, mm-hmm. but, uh, that part of the equation with Westbrook is a problem. 
I, I would, I would do what the Rockets did with John Wall and just try mm-hmm. to build without him. I, when Russell Westbrook says what he says about AD, that tells me he doesn't care. Like that just broke my heart when I read that uh, this morning. Broke my heart. That is not the answer to have, Russell. A rookie could say that, not you. Because it seems to me, right? It's just like I said, he's just about getting his numbers. Well, yeah. I, I played, I played well. It's like eh, you turn the ball over quite a bit. Like uh, you know, like you may have had a nice percentage from the field, and you hit your three yeah, out of five turnovers. threes or something seven like that. Turnovers. But seven, yeah, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Not not no, great. No. No, he's uh, his you know his his days are so far behind, and we we just know that now. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see again, like how long he is for this team, and you know, I think LeBron said after the game, look, our record is what it is, right? And you know, Bill Parcells used to say this: your record says what you are, right? Well, they are three and seventeen. That is a factual statement. Or not even three and seven. Sorry, two and eight or whatever. I don't think yeah. they won three games. They're not good. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this team going forward. Um, I do notice this, and. Of course, it's, you know, it's age. There's these spurts where, where LeBron, like, looks really good. And there are other times where I'm like, oh, you've been in the league 20 years, <laughs> right? Where you're just like, you're just old. <laughs> like, I, I, it's that where you're like, I can see the mind, right? It's activating. Run. Can't do it, <laughs> right? Can't do it. Yeah, he picks his spots. They're playing fast. They're playing defense. There's a lot to be, there's a little to be happy about there. They are playing uh, I think Thomas Bryant, that comes soon. They desperately need a center that can score, mm-hmm. even if he's second unit. The fact that AD is playing great is a good sign. Um, uh, I, but, you know, Will Hardy has it easy. Mike Conley is <laughs> an easy guy to coach. Jordan Clarkson is a simple guy to coach. He's just about buckets and playmaking, and he's really been great. I think LeBron, for your first job, is hard. Yeah? Yeah. And um, – they just haven't found a groove there for sure. They could be, you know, probably four and six, five and five mm-hmm. if they shot even decently. Pat Bev missed our last game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of depth in that spot. Um, Schroeder's not back yet, and they were counting on him too. Yep. Uh, but uh, the good news is for them, uh, maybe maybe no one's running and hiding now in the West yeah. with Cam's injury. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a, you, know, you could be a six seed pretty easily with a bad start. You just got to start playing better and – Figure out how to get the AD the ball more and not just depend on the coaching staff to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was a recent game uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves where Ant- Ant-Man, who we all love, right? One of, they're a great player. And Minnesota's going through some – they're, they're, they're learning how to play with, um, with Rudy Gobert. And, um, you know, as you guys know, we have a project we're working on here, True Hoop Call Tactics. So hint, hint, something coming soon with the Minnesota Timberwolves in tactics. Um, but, you know, and it's – it's going to take Ant some time to learn how to play with a player like Rudy, right? You you need reps. You don't just all of a sudden drop in a player like Rudy. And it's like, all right, we're good to go. And we're playing our A-plus ball on day one. But in the, in a recent game, there was a play call um, that, the, that the Timberwolves were running. And I don't know if Ant was supposed to be a part of it, involved, whatever. But he's standing out on the three-point line with his hands on his hips. And he does not move the entire play run on the whole 24-second shot clock. It's like... And, you know, as a coach, I know you look at those things, and that is very disturbing to you and alarming. Well, go back to something he said recently when he was asked, uh, uh, why have you no dunks yet this year? Mm-hmm. He has one now. The last game he played, he got a dunk. Rudy, Rudy Gobert didn't play. And Anthony Edwards' response when asked why he has no dunk so far, he said, y'all, y'all see the game. There's no, there's no space there. That was a red flag to me, and I tweeted that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's like five foot 11, six feet tall. Now, I think he had 22 dunks maybe last year. It ain't zero. And he ain't, he's not Anthony Edwards. 
Mm-hmm. That that athletic, powerful body. Uh, you can dunk. If no NBA dunks were happening with people in the paint, they wouldn't be so excited. They're just dunk contests. <laughs> it's dunking on people that's exciting, right? right? That's the hard thing. If, if you can't get a dunk unless you're wide open, you're way less valuable. Way. <laughs> we pay money, top dollar, for the guys that dunk when there's no space. Right. Anyone can dunk when there's tons of space. So that was a red flag to me. And um, that play is not indicative of what a, a, a well-bought-in uh, team is doing. Now, I'll remind you, and I've said this before, when Derrick Rose was a rookie, I was at his first summer league game in Orlando as a first overall pick for the Bulls. And uh, he had played dribble drive offense in high school and one year in college with Cal in Memphis. The dribble drive is no ball screens allowed. We always want to have space for our you don't you don't run a um <laughs> you don't do a dribble drive offense with you or I or the guards. <laughs> I was never a cooker. I couldn't fast break and really pass and shoot. And I wasn't breaking you down. People didn't do it back then as much anyway, but I wasn't one of those guys. Um you 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 want to give Derek Rose space. He got to the NBA first summer league game, fucking terrible. No idea what to do with the ball screen. He was I I wore, I watched it at the time. They claimed he was injured after that, never played again. I don't believe it for a second. I think they were just sparing him the lack of confidence he was about to go through, being terrible for five straight summer league games because he had no idea how to navigate a ball screen. That is that is a, a science that has to be developed in the lab. All right, there's an art to it, but mostly it's science developed in the lab in practice and in games. And Anthony Edwards has just never learned how to deal with the ball screen. And so he's struggling with the go bear pick and roll uh, and how to play that. And if he can't learn, I wrote this, uh, we published this before the season. The, the, the trade for go bear was a bet on Edwards. Mm-hmm. And yep. if he can't learn how to play pick and roll basketball, it's a devastatingly terrible trade. And he needs to apply some science and get to work mm-hmm. in the gym, reading the game, studying film, trying stuff in, in the games, how do I play with a pick and pop guy like Cat, a pick and roll guy like Rudy? And if he can do that, there's going to be all sorts of opportunities for him to get a dunk. He just has to learn how to do it. And he doesn't know how to do it now. Well, as you always say, right? Young players play the game, pros read the game, right? And yeah. that's the part of this game that he has to develop for him, right? Is okay, yeah, you got, you have a different player in Rudy and a different player in Cat, two completely different types of bigs. That is now where your basketball intellect has to come into play. You have to learn how to read the game and play off of them. We yep. think you can. That's why they made the trade, right? Or yep. they wouldn't. They wouldn't have done it. They didn't think you could do it. So this is where you have to show, uh, you know, prove their faith in you by like, okay. And it's not just you know the highlight dunks and all. It's it's more than that, right? The other the, the intricacies of the game. I think he even said, Steve Kerr. I think we we talked about this. Kerr had commented uh, complimented him uh, one time talking about his game. And, you know, or had said something to him about like, oh, like you think you're working? Like, that's not work. Like, this is work, <laughs> right? And I'm sure it was like an allusion to like what Steph was doing or so, or something of that nature. And it's like, yeah, it's what we talked about with James Wiseman and all these guys. Like, of course you got into the league, which means you are in the one, one millionth of 1% of elite basketball talent in the world. However, if you want to be the best or among the best, that's a whole different level of work you got to put in. And it's hard, man. It's really fucking hard. So what year were you born, Gerard? 78. All right. So before you were born, just before you were born, but a good, you know, five, six years before you were born or so, 
Uh, the USC Trojans were an unbelievable football team. Their mm-hmm. head coach was John McKay. Mm-hmm. They, the famous Trojan sweep, right? like the Packers sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were producing amazing tailbacks. They were Heisman Trophy candidates. Tailback you. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, a very, very special NFL um, running back named Marcus Allen told the story of his first practice with USC. And he's like second or third string, whatever. And he, you know, he, they're getting the reps and he's not paying attention to what other guys are doing. But now it's his turn. And they run something against like air. There wasn't, no one's trying to tackle you. And he runs like 20 yards and then it comes back. And the head coach is John McKay, who, who became the Buccaneers coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, what really a beloved coach for us. Uh, he had, had the courage to play Doug Williams at quarterback mm-hmm. and yeah. absolutely support him hard for a long time. So, um, he comes at Marcus out and he said, uh, I saw you ran that for 20 yards there. And he's like, um, this is USC. So why don't you pay attention to Ricky <laughs> Bell, who became our first round, first pick overall in 1977, number one overall pick. And Ricky got a sweep and ran 80 yards. And the second string guy ran 80 yards. <laughs> and he said, that's what we do here. We try to get to the house on every play when the defense isn't tackling us. We're going to the house. And Marcus Allen said, okay, I can do that three years later. He's Heisman Trophy winner, I get Super Bowl it. champion, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a that's building culture. And there's none in that in Minnesota. That's why I go back to you and I talked this a couple weeks ago. Tanking has, has – the remnants of tanking is killing Philadelphia right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's hard to shake. It just is. Uh, to win takes so much effort and so much focus. And uh, Minnesota just doesn't have it yet. But this is where it needs to come around. This is where Chris Finch has to do some real coaching. Like, guys, it's, it's not going to be easy. It never is. No yeah. matter what we did, no matter what Tim Connolly did in the trade, we got to work to turn things around and really take another step forward. They're 5-5 five and five against a pretty easy schedule, a little bit concerning. But um, they should be fine. We wrote it could take some time to figure mm-hmm. it out. And I think they absolutely can. Yeah. Um, no, it is – it's it's so fun. There's so much going on in the league right now, off the floor, of course, but on the court as well. As Coach mentioned, um, all 30 teams are in action tonight, which is kind of cool. But also, like for us, when you're league pass watchers, it's like, all right, which games am I focusing on tonight? Because there's every team is in action, um, which is which is actually very very cool. And every team is in action tonight because the league is giving all teams off tomorrow for election day. Uh, we know the NBA is very big on exercising and getting people registered to vote in the various cities that they have teams and the league and the teams have been very good about this. So it's, pr- it's pretty cool to see um, guys stay tuned this week. We have a lot of true hoop um, episodes coming up on, on bringing in so much happening. We're talking to different people around basketball, adjacent to basketball professors, all different types of great content for you guys coming up in the next several days. So stay tuned. And until next time, take care.